welcome to Group Dates and Hot Takes. I'm Sampy. I'm Christy. Let's talk about Married at First Sight. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another Married at First Sight recap. Christy, we're about to get into the real world. The, the honeymoon is about to be over. What do you think about that? I think it's time. They they the first part of this episode kind of I thought they were leaving, but it took us quite a bit to actually get out of Jamaica. That is very true. I made all sorts of preparations in my notes during the commercial break because I thought that they were headed back and then we ended up having a lot more time. So you wanted to talk about this episode, uh, the first section, chronologically. Yeah, it's just a lot easier that way, especially since most of the group was together for the dinner. Correct, because we start off headed into and towards the final night of the honeymoon. So they gather everybody together for that uh, so that they can reminisce on on how how things went and check in with each other, which in this season was very Clint and Gina focused from what we saw. Well, everyone's still reeling from his athletic slender comments <laughs> from the week before. Yeah, I mean, she got a solo diary video. Presumably because she was avoiding him at some level. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Talking she, about she it. She was disgusted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so before before the actual dinner, I, I want to get your... Just your assessment of everything going on here with, with them because we do get a little bit of time for the problem couple before the dinner. Well, there was the chat with Clint, Chris, and Eris. That is what I'm talking about. Where Clint basically has to be convinced by the other guys that what he said wasn't great. Because he kind of comes in guns blazing like, she's going after me. She's saying I called her thick or fat. That wasn't the intent. If she thinks it's unforgivable. She called me ginger. So he's still hurt about that. <laughs> hmm Yeah, uh... Just a lot of, I don't know, I thought that there wasn't a whole lot of understanding on his part at this point. No, it's like he left the chat with Gina and came straight to the guys. I mean, I don't know how much time was in between, but he was still, like, hot about it. Yeah. Uh, and how how did you think that they, the, the other two, so it was with Chris and Eris, which... I don't know if Eris is necessarily the best person to be working <laughs> through these issues with, but how did you think they handled things from their side of, of it? I mean, they kind of had to ease him into realizing what he said was wrong, even though Eris was a little clumsy with it. I mean, he had to mention his wife was small. And <laughs> yeah, it's like, look... You can work things out. I mean, I'm not attracted at all to my wife, and I still make an effort. <laughs> so I guess they eventually got him to realize that 
you know, he shouldn't have said that and that he could have been more eloquent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, it seemed like, even though I was a bit unhappy maybe with how they handled things in the beginning, because I, I, I thought that they probably should have been more frank from the beginning, given, well, for sure. given how much of a splash that that had made. And I mean, I'm sure, because we, we saw a couple of them, but I'm sure that that was a major topic of conversation between the individual couples. Like, can oh, you yeah. believe he would say to all of our faces, yeah, I kind of have a problem with chunky women. <laughs> well, Clint even said during his convo that I never even said overweight, but if you're going to say I'm normally with slender and athletic women, that then implies Gina is not slender. Right. Which it, he didn't seem to realize. With the additional implication as well with his tone and the context that that he was not happy with her also. yes it was a negative and so it was it was like the negative tone and context combined with that mm -hmm. equals because it is i mean it, at, at surface level that isn't necessarily the worst thing to say like in a vacuum but you're not in a vacuum you're on Married at First Sight with real people and you've just been beefing with this woman and are upset. So you can't, you can't do yeah, that. Yeah, not the time or the place. Because you really, as much as you claim, right, because that was his claim here was that it was, it was just a, a reference, like the not slender or he or him going for slender women like that's just a reference for where he's been in the past his history where he's coming from but i'm a little surprised he survived that night i i, I thought that nicole might slip in to their room and smother <laughs> him <laughs> she was particularly not happy well i was actually surprised like right before we saw the dinner that Gina confirmed that Clint actually apologized and everything is, I guess, quote unquote, okay for the moment with some reservations. Yeah, she's, she's trying to channel her inner Kristen and <laughs> have, have grace and understanding. I mean, it still seems a little you know, uneasy and awkward to me, but oh, absolutely! They, they at least showed up to yeah, the dinner. Yeah, because by the time by the, by the time they you know we come around to the dinner and they they did uh, they referring to Eris and Chris did try to nudge him back from the brink, bring him from the precipice of immediate divorce back into the marriage. <laughs> And say from the Gina saying that he apologized to her and then the dinner, it seemed like he at least made somewhat of an effort to, uh, to apologize to the group as well, which I'll be honest, I didn't 
fully buy what I saw in the episode necessarily because it's it's kind of seemed like there was a hefty amount of sort of apologizing with justification. Yes, I didn't think his apology was that great. So what do you think in light of the comments from the after party? Because uh, was it... I guess it it must have been Nicole who said that, right? Where it was a whole like 45 minute long thing. Yeah, that's that's very long. It shouldn't take that long. Right. It's just <laughs> she she seemed decently okay and satisfied with that. So I don't know. I don't know how to Well, one of them also said that Clint didn't really apologize to Gina there either. So it's just kind of he just, he just tried to explain himself a lot. Mm-hmm, yeah, I don't think it hit the right way. And everyone was like, oh, no, it did not. <laughs> no, no crap. Like all of the women are just like, yeah, no, it didn't. We hate you still. But they're going to give him a second chance if Gina is willing to do the same. Mm-hmm. Which I guess, uh, I guess Nicole has become the group spokesperson regarding all things clint and gina or at least all things clint because that she seemed at least in the footage we saw she seemed to be the one who was like okay i can speak for everyone here we will wipe the slate clean dot 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 for now buddy boy you better be watching yourself (laughs) so then the group moves on to what must have been a producer generated question no way because gina asks everyone to rate their relationship from one to ten yeah i mean look it's a i can't believe you'd say it would be a producer (laughs) required question this is i mean you're on the last night of your honeymoon in jamaica you got married at first sight it's only natural to rate your your marriage i mean what could go wrong assigning a number i know your relationship right we, I mean, in previous seasons, this has gone super well. It, it always goes well. <laughs> mm-hmm. Especially when one of them is like, ah, uh, four. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, who's, who's rating do you want to go to for first? I don't well, Mac first. says he's at a seven and a half, considering he's still learning to control his humor, I guess. He wants to work up to a 10. Mm-hmm. Which Dominique kind of agreed with him, I guess. Yeah, she seemed to support to support him. I don't know if I bought that. I think she just didn't want to make any waves. Mm-hmm. There's no. I feel like if she had gone first, her number would have been lower. May maybe though it's kind of more confusing given the context we heard later again. But uh, who else? Who else is brave enough? Uh, Chris says 8.2, which is so specific. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how you really do that, but... Well, Nicole says she was also going to say Mm 8.2. Do you buy that? Which, uh... uh, I mean, sort of. (laughs) Like, it's... I feel like if it was anybody else... I wouldn't, but they're extra enough. Because he, because yeah. wasn't it? 
wasn't it Chris who who like said her name as Nicole before knowing what her name yeah, was? Yeah, that was him. So I don't know. They're they're just wacky enough that it's entirely possible. Though, despite agreeing with the 8.2 saying that she also gave an 8.2 she felt necessary to launch into a whole monologue about not feeling comfortable essentially rating you know, their, their entire marriage since they're not back home this is just the honeymoon <laughs> yeah there's always that slight overthinking part with these things i know it was just it's very funny to me watching that sort of thing because it's like you could have just left it at 8.2 like yeah let's, let's just just per- enjoy yeah just, pretend let, let's just let's just imagine smooth sailing here we don't need to complicate things we don't we don't need to we don't need to do that <laughs> kirsten says she's at a seven and of course she has to bring up her dislike of shaq's humor once again <laughs> But Shaq also says he's at a seven, so no, dis- like, yeah, no I'll, disagreement I'll, I'll, there. I'll, I'll take that. Oh, man. These, these couples are struggling. Yeah, Gina's at a five. A good half sees. <laughs> that's a weird way of putting that. But Clint mm-hmm. says that's a relief to hear. Because he, he thought it would be lower. He's at mm. a, he himself is at a 5.5. Look. We all know he had been preparing himself all day to get a three or a two. <laughs> I mean, I, when they had that conversation and she left. That was a zero I, at that point, it, right? <laughs> well, yes, but also just the fact that, and maybe I'm the only one who thought this, but it's like, well, at some level, that could just be the end of the relationship. They may they may not divorce yet, but that this may be the end. It's hard to come back from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it if is. These married at first sight couples don't have the tools. It seems like to recover from something happening like that early on, which we've seen in many other seasons. Yeah, I I would suspect a large part of that is simply that you have nothing else. There is there's no foundation. No, there's nothing else to temper that at all. So when you have a say Kristen and Mitch situation, and that may have even been the first day of the honeymoon that he had his confession about not being attracted to her, right? Yeah, first or first or second day of the honeymoon her entire interaction with him at that point was wedding and then the one day of the honeymoon. And so there's no, there are no good times. There's no uh, reservoir of goodwill and shared experience and, and just all of this stuff that gets people through difficult situations and tough times so i would imagine if you have something like that happen anytime anything happens you just flash back to that oh well mitch doesn't 
think that I'm attractive or not attracted to me or, you know, once she finds out, oh, Eris isn't attracted to me because I don't have a big enough butt. Like, and that I'm sure will come back. There's also the fact that the experts are totally missing on the honeymoons and they didn't used to be. I remember them having like video conversations with the couples if something like this happened, but did they just get too big for their britches? Like we don't I'm, need to be I there. I don't know what happened. Maybe they need to uh if it's too difficult for them, maybe they need to uh hire some relationship interns to be to be to be there wow. and uh and help uh, smooth some of these things over. So Jasmine says she's at a seven and a half, maybe an eight. Eris says seven. And then we cut to an ITM from Chris saying some people are lying <laughs> because of what Eris had said earlier about Jasmine. I know. That's... Uh, man, this... This is tough for me to to watch the specifically this whole dynamic because it does hit me different than so what i mean is if you look at say a Kristen and mitch he was pretty like he was significantly flawed but he was very open about all of that and maybe you could argue too open <laughs> at times with with his flaws and and everything but it's just it's another can of worms to me to have Eris here basically saying all this stuff privately to the guys like yeah man I just just think like oh she's a 12 for me but I'm like mm, I don't know about that all of those comments that he's made to the guys privately and is just sort of play acting at some level that everything is so great and wonderful with with Jasmine when it really isn't. Yeah, it's tough to watch. It's like she's getting taken advantage of, kind of, and she has no idea all the stuff he's saying yeah and it's just like it's not like it's not that's the other thing it's not helpful at all it's not helpful to her it's not helpful to the relationship it's obviously going to come out at some point like so what are you what are you doing what what at this point it just feels like he's he's trying to like save face in the moment he doesn't want to be like yeah well you know, actually, I'm kind of more at a four and and be, like, the odd person out or whatever. But uh, He also yeah. seems pretty hesitant still about the falling in love thing when Chris asked about that. Mm, that was a great question. <laughs> he got real uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great question. And, I, again, there's so much overthinking. Just commit and say yes and work your hardest to make that a reality and leave it at that instead of oh well 
I, I just, I don't know if, like, uh, like, I'd like to, but maybe not. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's weird. Very weird. Well, if, do you have anything else from the dinner? Um, hmm. I mean, I just, I'll go, go, go back to the McKinley ITM. Just like, yeah, some people are lying. <laughs> because that was very funny to me. But besides that, nothing. We can go to the, the next morning, which I thought was going to be so brief as they flew away. But it turned out to not be brief. Well, everyone has to have, like, I guess a morning conversation. Mm-hmm. Clint and Gina's, it consists of them sick, I guess, or one of them well, ate something. Clint, it seemed like Clint, Clint had a stomach bug overnight, <laughs> um, uh, as he so elo- eloquently put it. He was losing stuff at both ends. Lovely. Which is great, but also a little confusing because then once they get back, he doesn't seem to have any complaints. So it's like, I guess it was a quick thing. Because wouldn't that have been like the next day or the same day even? Yeah, I was confused. Like, I guess I thought maybe at first he was sick, but maybe it was just a bad food or something. Yeah, it could have been food poisoning, I I guess. Um, yeah. Mm. And I actually only had one more thing about Clint and Gina for the rest of the episode. Oh, well, tell us. Well, it was just that he washes everything by hand and doesn't use a dishwasher, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I was surprised by. And... I guess uh, Gina's dog, Hank, will be traveling with Clint to his job because the dog can't come to the salon. Mm-hmm. And Clint is looking forward to having a dog. Yes, because I guess he he has had a dog or dogs in the past, but not for a long time because he's just co- constantly traveling mm-hmm. and off on his boats and at work and all this stuff but now now he has hank so that's we've gotten a lot of there's a lot of dog in this episode Um, there is mm -hmm. let's uh do you want to check in with jasmine and eris or is there somewhere else you'd like to go first oh we can do them Let's do it. So he goes for a workout first mm-hmm. thing. Which it seems like this is what he does all the time. He needs to go have some me time, which was a bit strange to me that this is like a constant thing for him, given that he's what, 39? Yes. Been single pretty much. I mean, I say single, like, he probably has, like, not really single, but, you know, single. He has situationships. <laughs> Where did that term come from? I, that's what I've heard now oh, is the terms. <laughs> situationships. Interesting. Uh, so 
that was funny to me to hear because it's like, I'm pretty sure you can just do whatever you want, like all the time. Yeah, isn't most of his time me time? I, I, that's what I would assume, but, but maybe not. So uh, he returns from that so that they can have a final, final breakfast together as a couple there before they, they head out and. What, what? Give me your assessment of this conversation. Well, we learned on After Party that there was more to this conversation than we were shown in the episode. Because during the episode, all we saw was, oh, he's like, I feel a more friendly vibe. He thought like after they raided their marriage, things shifted. But it seems the real issue was they followed each other on Instagram discovered they had a mutual friend which just happens to be the same woman he slept with the night before he got matched yes so we have talked about the just the the fact that he slept with someone the night before he got the announcement for married at first sight but that is a piece that we did not know it was a mutual friend. That just makes it 10 times worse. Uh, yeah. Like, and in a lot of ways, yeah, there's a lot of discomfort there. Yeah, Jasmine said she gave him the silent treatment for a bit there. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's sketchy. Like, you're in the process, going through the interviews, and you still got someone on the side. Right, because as... As I understood it from her comments during the after party, it seemed like it was like a like it was like more of a he was sort of dating her. Yes, this is recurring. Yeah, versus just because what what I would assume we thought previously I did at least was that oh it was just some one night stand that he had, but it seems like this was more of a sustained thing. So then if it's a sustained thing, why are you going through the process of married at first sight if you're dating someone? <laughs> I don't know. Again, it may have been closer to a situationship than a relationship. Uh, I don't I don't it's know. It's just messy at the very least. But but he did tell her that he went and told that person like when he got the announcement that it was over. And they mm -hmm. couldn't see each other anymore. So hopefully that's true. Because it seems to me that Jasmine is interested in a monogamous marriage. Though I could be wrong. And yeah, so she she said that things have been complicated for her for the past few days. <laughs> and I don't know, I don't know that things are going to get less complicated. <laughs> Oh no, I Eris. <laughs> hmm. I don't know what to make of him. I, I mean, he is of the opinion that time, time will solve their issues. I guess we will see. I'm not optimistic at the moment. <clears throat> not, not super optimistic. So we jump forward to. Re the return from the honeymoon and that was the other thing i specifically wanted to ask you uh regarding this couple is what did you make of their tour around their new shared apartment 
Um, it seems Eris has a lot of, like, very specific ways he likes things He's done. like, hyper particular. Yeah, like, no shoes in the house, which I guess that's a common thing. But it was, it, it was past sort of the no shoes in the house. Because he, he basically, he told her, he's like, yeah, make sure you tell all your friends, all your dirty shoe in house wearing friends that that's not okay here uh i mean he just like they wandered they like they toured through the apartment he was like this is how this is this is how that is this is how this yeah like the left three drawers in the dresser have to be his Mm, a lot of a lot of stuff like that which i don't think was a good play to lead with no he's already on the outs a little bit so correct so that's that's the first part of it and then the second part of it is just the fact that you are now in a committed relationship hopefully committed you're in a relationship a marriage now and so you stopped getting what you wanted when that happened (laughs) like obviously you know you get what you want some of the time but to have that that attitude that's skewed towards and i know like he's 39 he's been single slash in situationships for a very long time so there's some growth potential there but still leading with that makes me uncomfortable because of the compromise required to sustain a relationship because you gotta you gotta make room for that other person and the you know particularities that they have as well and come to an agreement instead of just asserting your will and laying i mean he kept the term he kept using was executive decision it's like Mm -hmm. you are not in the position to make an executive decision really anymore you have you know there's been a hostile takeover you now only own 50 percent of the board seats and things have changed we also learn he doesn't want to be in the bathroom when she's pooping which that's not a uncommon thing i would imagine no, I just thought it was funny he brought it up in the first place. Well, he's got to he's got to make sure. That was specifically a not having lived with a like a partner kind of question. Which I mean, I guess these are things you need to know, but at the same time also, come on, Jasmine. You don't need to pretend that women don't poop yeah like that's just that's a that's a harmful stereotype in my opinion (laughs) because spoiler alert you know if you have a digestive system and a butthole you're gonna be pooping when you put food in that system that's just how it works and so having that mindset is not helpful in my opinion now i'm not particularly surprised given that jasmine is like the 
pageant winner, beauty queen. Like I imagine she's probably fairly steeped in kind of standard thinking maybe in some of those regards, like, cause she's, she's been in those environments where I imagine a lot of people in those environments are like, no, I'm a beautiful queen. I am stunning and intelligent and wonderful. And no, I do not excrete. <laughs> excrete. Mm -hmm. So what did you, th what did you think of his house? Because his house looked good. You uh, you thought it was a better look than Mitch's house? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I forgot about that. Nothing, <laughs> nothing will ever top Mitch's house, I don't think, or apartment. That, that was like a, like a murder cabin. That was horrible. <laughs> An <laughs> uninhabited so murder cabin. Uh, but no, this was a, a whole stinking house. Yeah, it looked pretty clean and organized. He had mm -hmm. a gym. A man cave, like all his shoes in like cases. Well, yeah. So he he is someone who collects shoes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I personally, I that is a very foreign concept to me to buy shoes and not wear them. But oh, you don't think he wears them? No, no. It's his collection. Like people do that where they buy like Air Jordans and like rare shoes. And no, you're not wearing those. If you wear them, you get dirty, like you get dirt on them, you crease them. Creasing, creasing a shoe is a deadly, deadly offense. And if you were to get like a sweet Air Jordan, something like that, and wore them and creased them, get out of here. I mean, I didn't know what kind of shoes. Yeah, they were like sneakers. No, but I mean, once he can't wear them, like, then what's, what's it, the point? They're, they're, it's a collection. Like, people collect all sorts of things, but these companies release these, like, special edition shoes and stuff um, that are, you know, put out there and, and uh, associated with and worn by, you know, famous athletes, all these, you know, but types of if he's not going to wear them, why did she need to make space in the closet then? Because they still have to be stored somewhere. So their their bedroom in the mm. new apartment may not be big enough to just have them. Because his, his, that was an actual house. So he had like a decent sized bedroom. So there was space to kind of just keep them out sort of displayed. Versus I don't think they necessarily have that luxury in the new apartment. And to be honest, she may not want to look at them. Though she was, it did seem like she was pleasantly surprised by his house. Yeah, that is not what I was expecting for his house. <laughs> well, especially since when, when they were headed in, he was like, yeah, I just, I didn't have a chance to do anything bef like before I left, so. A lot of people say that, and I don't understand that. See, like, you know this is happening. Well, that's my, that's my point exactly. If I had made it that far in the process, I would be like, spending two hours every single day cleaning. It's like, this is not going to get to a bad place. This no. Will, this will be... Spotless. Absolutely spotless. <laughs> <laughs> because when that call finally comes, 
and I have to get out of here real quick, it must be perfect no, when I get back. there will not be unflushed toilets, as oh. I saw on another reality show. Oh, no, that is that is awful. Yeah, so he, he really, w- he's, uh, like, really leaning into the whole 39-year-old bachelor thing here. He had uh, a bunch of gym equipment in its in a dedicated room uh he had that that man cave that had like a whole bar i mean it seemed like he has transferred a lot of like outside the house things into his house so his friends can come over uh-huh yeah so his friends come over they put the game on the big screen i mean it's not a ba- it's not a bad idea no it's not it's just a very bachelor thing yeah. to do. Uh-huh. It is, yes, very much to just, you have what would normally be just a standard bedroom in the house. You have like installed an actual <laughs> bar full of alcohol. Uh, so, yeah, very, very bachelor, but not disturbing bachelor. No, it was all like pleasant and nice. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I imagine, well, I don't know. People. People are all across the spectrum. But I was going to say, someone such as himself who seems like uh, has sex with a lot of people, likely there's a a certain standard you have to maintain in terms of, like, say, physical fitness, cleanliness, put-togetherness. So if you're bringing all these people back to your place, you don't want to be bringing them into... An episode of the hoarders true which as we know mitch didn't really bring anybody home <laughs> or if he did they left no 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 i was saying if he did they were like as granola as he was and already had like a pound and a half of sand and rocks in their in their hair and like hadn't bathed in two weeks and stuff so before we move on Let's talk about Eris's dad. Because he ha- he has brought him up briefly before, I think. But mm-hmm. they had another chance to talk about him since he had a little, uh, I guess it was a picture to the program from his funeral. Um, yeah, it was framed like on his like nightstand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I guess his dad was murdered when he was 11, which is not pleasant no and also revealed his uncle died two days before that so it was a double funeral i I feel like when your parent dies and especially in that kind of way and you're old enough to remember it that's got to be like really awful Mm -hmm. yeah as opposed to like if he was like a baby or something yeah yeah there's a lot more a lot more memory, a lot more just capability at that point versus toddler sort of age. So I'm sure that has affected him a lot. I think didn't didn't Jasmine say that he like wears a locket or something with yeah. a picture of his dad? Yeah, like a necklace. Um which she does similar, I guess, too, right? I thought. Did she have a parent that died? No, no, he's not dead. She, he's, she's just close to him. 
Oh, I think her dad is a pastor, actually. So yes, yeah, that is that is correct. So, uh, I I mean at this point, and it's just so sad to me. It really is because overall, despite the hiccup of the whole sleeping with her friend thing, like Jasmine seems overall like pretty happy with him generally speaking or at least like attracted to him thinking that this could work out like all this stuff and he's just still over there struggling yeah there's like on the surface things are fine but there's some things brewing underneath deep below that'll probably come out later the divorce is coming (laughs) no i mean who's who's to say so, should we talk about Nicole and Chris? Yes. Because they are one of those couples that felt like did not make it out of Jamaica very early because we got a lot of screen time on them before they left. Yeah, we basically like joined them the next morning with Chris sobbing. Outside on the patio. Mm-hmm, like, like, I thought a parent had died or something like yeah it some was, horrible tragedy it was a sort of like catastrophic t- type level yeah and we learned that the apartment has a two dog limit and there's three dogs between the two of them because mm-hmm. i guess he has two dogs and she has one dog mm-hmm. and he is very attached to his dogs. And so the the prospect of like leaving them somewhere during the eight weeks, I mean, especially like he was already uh, upset to begin with, with having to board his dogs like during the honeymoon. And so he was just pretty upset Dis- and over like distraught, overwhelmed. Yeah. Which, uh, so basically, she she comes out like looking for him, and discovers this, and has to comfort him and bring him back from the brink and and all of that stuff. Which I'm curious how you thought she did here wrangling. I mean, him. I thought she did really well, considering how upset he was and like on the edge of despair just kind of like is like we'll figure this out we're not going to just abandon the dogs and immediately like calls her dad to be like can you like help us swap them out or even it sounds like come up from florida to yeah he like lives in florida and so he's going to go to nashville and I mean, yeah. I've never had a dog, so I don't understand the the attachment people have. But this is a lot for for a pet, especially since he lives, you know, further away. Mm-hmm. But when you know, when you're a parent, you do stuff for your kid or kids to to support them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it is tough. I I mean. 
I'm sure comments abounded upon the internet. Oh, about, Twitter roasted him. About, oh, this is just about dogs? You know, I thought the Holocaust happened again. <laughs> or you know, just all, all sorts of stuff to that effect. Like, man, you really had me worried there. I thought a bunch of people died. And it, it did seem like it was a bit overkill on on the emotional front but at the same time if you're super attract not attracted but <laughs> excuse me if you're super attached hopefully he's not attracted but if you're super attached to your your pets your dogs in that way and you combine that with he was already kind of upset about it because he was having them away at a kennel while he was gone and then being married at first sight is pretty stressful and a lot emotionally as well so i'm not entirely surprised that he kind of had a meltdown especially since he seems like someone who's more on the sensitive side just in general anyways that this would kind of be something that pushed him over the over the edge in that way um and i felt a bit bad for this but when he was talking about how you know they get separation anxiety and everything it's just like man like you have separation anxiety <laughs> right now so yeah, yeah she it, really, was a, it was a lot yeah so she just did a, a lot kind of trying to reassure him like look, we'll, we'll figure out some sort of solution. I don't know what the solution is now, but we'll work something out. And then, as you mentioned, took some steps to try to begin that, that process, um, which, so, like, not long after that, it seemed like before they left Jamaica, they got a chance to talk to like the producers about the situation and kind of put in place what she had been talking about of like, we're going to have kind of a, a schedule and, and swap them out, but like also have sort of the odd one out nearby yeah, so I that was, we can like have it around. I was slightly confused by that. She said that, Charlie, I guess, is, which I guess is her yeah, dog, her will be living Charlie. at her apartment with one of her family members. So, what is that? What does that have to do with the executive producers? That sounds like a like it didn't involve them at all. I I I suspect it had to do with the the actual swapping and like trying to make sure because the right the problem was with the apartment that they chose not Chris and Nicole, but the show. Yeah. And so I, I think that that was related to making sure that, oh, like some of the time we can like have the other dog around and everything, and but it's not staying there, but oh, we're I kind see. of maybe have it sometimes during the day or like when we're out and about, we'll have the dog like, and like I'd imagine making sure that was okay, like, from the apartment situation but then also i would imagine as far as like 
filming logistics and stuff like, like transporting make, yeah part part of that is the transporting and making sure like that they weren't probably gonna like break their contract yeah it seemed like they were downtown in Ap- uh not annapolis downtown nashville and so i'm not surprised a fancy apartment downtown has a pet limit mm-hmm yeah, you should, a lot of the time, like, if you sweeten the pot enough, you can, uh, you know, just pay another few hundred bucks a month. That's yeah, I'm months. surprised the producers weren't able to work something out where they could just have all three. I know, it really, there. like, it is, it's eight weeks. I mean, you well, already seven, have... No, set, like, they're only in that apartment for seven weeks, right? Yeah, you already <laughs> have two dogs, so how much more damage is the third one going to cause? I I don't know. Potentially an infinite amount, according to the apartment complex. Uh, So, last section for them, just sort of the after the honeymoon. Yeah, pretty much they just agreed to talk about the things that annoy each other so it doesn't fester and become a big thing. I feel like there's going to be a lot of those things. (laughs) I mean, that's pretty natural when two people haven't lived together start living together Mm -hmm. uh he they uh they'd say yes if today was decision day but they don't love each other yet (laughs) it's only been a week Uh why do people keep having to bring that up like just let it happen and again it's part of that hedging like i don't want to i don't want to be the one who like goes too deep too fast and end up like outpacing the other person um but i don't know what what do i know chris does really appreciate truly appreciates her sacrifice yes around the dog situation she should because she's basically giving up hers so he can keep his too right because and well they you know they are going to swap them but yeah some level that that is what's happening and she is similarly attached yeah i mean if things were if they were trying to do this equally he would give up one of his so they can each have one but <laughs> As you gotta you gotta it's more complicated than that when you have three amongst i know the two. it's just okay a- you can't just ask him to pick his favorite dog <laughs> And then not see the other one for two months. Well, it sounds like they're gonna. He's gonna have to do that at some point when they do all the swapping. Well, yeah, but not for not for seven weeks. No, not for seven weeks. Yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have to get a dog at some point so you can truly understand the, what these people go through the the emotional struggle that it is to be separated. I wonder if the two dogs themselves don't do well separated. I wonder if that's part of what he was worried about. I mean, that that could be a piece as as well if they just don't like being alone either. Hard hard to say. Um, so do you want to give the the two and a half seconds worth you have for Shaq and Kirsten. Yeah, for some reason, <laughs> we barely saw them at all this episode. They, they've been barely on the show. Like, we heard their ratings at the dinner and I think some pretty standard convo as they're leaving 
Jamaica yeah, it's, and it's very I don't know there's not much there what, what is it just and this is just asking for your raw unfiltered off the cuff opinion here but it is that just because the producers think they're super boring at this point like did nothing noteworthy enough has happened really to feature them i i kind of wonder if because we're getting shorter episodes their stuff just kind of oh, got okay. cut okay so they because when when was that decision made i mean i guess but you probably wouldn't know that but like i don't know because the first couple episodes right were full length yes i did see a news release before the season started that we were getting 90 minute episodes okay so i guess that was made decision was made a bit ago yeah that's just that's so strange though that they didn't try to balance balance it better maybe yeah i don't know maybe the producers just think they're boring or the clinton gina stuff really took up a it's lot. just yeah it's just too too much between the whole heiress unattraction piece and the blow up from clinton gina i yeah. guess there's just their not, stuff is not there's as not enough to, there's enticing. not it's not as compelling no people don't watch the show for normal people they watch it for disintegrating marriages. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Shaq. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Kirsten. But I have nothing to say about you. Yeah, the only thing we learned back at the apartment is that she doesn't want their clothes washed together. That was the extent of the drama. <laughs> Okay, which I mean, it wasn't even drama though because he was totally fine with it. Yeah, it was, it was and like, it wasn't okay. even it. It wasn't even like she had. Well, I guess she was particular about it, but the way she was particular was she did. She doesn't like to add all this extra stuff. She just just wash them. Yeah, just simple. <laughs> which is exactly what he does. So, just a complete non-issue. So. Dominique and McKinley. Our last, our last couple here. Boy, howdy. I just, I don't think she likes him very much. I, I would agree with you. And I, I think that they are just, their styles of living or reacting to, to things more appropriately is very counter to the other and not necessarily incompatible, but like in these circumstances, incompatible. Yeah, I mean, they're even disagreeing on the reason why he does like excursions and activities because like he wants to do it because she's into it and wants to be a team player and she wants him to do it because he wants to do it like organically. Mm -hmm. So that's even just like a fundamental disagreement there. Right. Because I feel like what irritates her a lot is the fact that there is that huge amount of 
hesitation and complaining. That seems to be the issue. I don't know if she'd have as much of a problem if he was just like, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. I feel like she would respect him a lot more, even though she does, as she mentioned, like she wants to, she wants to be adventurous and she wants to do stuff and everything. But I, I do think that that contributes to the problem. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's hard for her to respect him in that context. Yeah, because she said she feels like a coach. She's having to constantly like get him to do stuff. Mm-hmm. And he feels critiqued. Yeah, yeah. he's like, oh, I felt critiqued this whole time. I mean, yeah, I think both of those things are probably true. Uh So, Yeah, which is not a great dynamic for a marriage. No, and it sounds like his attitude is cramping down on her sexual and emotional attraction to him. So things are really not going well. You're telling me that he is turning her off? Yes, he, in a his, big way. His foot is firmly on the brakes. <laughs> hmm Yeah, they they just, on a surface level, like a very surface level, they seem to kind of have a good thing going, but it, it just, they keep getting dragged down by how they relate to each other. Yeah. And, and so I don't know. He he also he keeps claiming that like he wants to do these things like for her and everything. But I do kind of agree with her that like for the most part you should kind of want to do the stuff to do it. And that doesn't apply across every single thing that's possible to do it's just like when you're talking about stuff on that the far end of the spectrum it becomes more important so like what i'm saying is it's not as crazy to be like okay let's watch a movie oh i'm really feeling an action movie i just i don't want to watch an action movie i really want to watch a comedy uh, okay, I'll watch a comedy because I want you to enjoy yourself and I want to like take part in your joy and stuff. Like that is, the stakes are so much lower and like the the di- hump of difficulty is that needs to be overcome is way less versus like you, you need to want to go skydiving if you're going to go skydiving. <laughs> For sure. Right, right. Or like even, and not quite as far, but like even like if you're going to like swim around in the ocean with horses, like you should probably want to do that. Like it shouldn't be borderline traumatic Mm. for you. I also feel like they're also on the show though where production plans these excursions. So Mac doesn't have to want to do any of these things. Like, this is all pre-planned. He just kind of has to survive it. Right. I'm I'm just trying to think in context of, of an actual relationship. Like, once the experiment is over and it's time for them to do activities. Right. Because on a normal basis, 
if if doing something is going to be again borderline traumatic for you like maybe you shouldn't do it yeah that's what i think (laughs) (laughs) well yeah well yeah that is what you think because you you and at some level identify pretty strongly with his uh his desire to not go super far outside of the box. But you know, the the way they're handling things is is not great. Yeah, everything is still awkward mm-hmm. with them. Yeah. Well, and what the the problem I see as well is that they've started to become enemies. Mm. Not not that they like hate each other or anything, but from from a relational perspective, like it is now sort of you or me versus, oh, we're in this together. It's like, oh, I have to go outside of my comfort zone and do this crazy thing because it's her way or the highway. And she's like, I just wish he would not spend all this time complaining about this and either do it and be fine with it or not do it. And so you end up sort of, with this antagonistic undertone and that's very bad yeah it's not great no it's not and things just go from bad to worse yeah though before before we move (laughs) her comment of uh that dating in nashville has made her a bit hard on the inside did you catch that no (laughs) (laughs) wow i am that's a shame. Oh boy. Nashville has like a lot of different people in it. You'd think you'd think you could find somebody decent, but apparently it has just been a been a tough time. So, yeah, it things do not start going better. She asks, does he expect her to like do all the cooking and cleaning and thankfully he says no. But then it's time to do the whole visit each other's house thing. And so we visit his friend's house basement that he's living in. Mm-hmm. Which ended up being smaller than I thought it was going to be. Wait, At least the living area. Well, because it's literally a, a bedroom. Like, even that common area technically wasn't his. Like, I'm sure he spends time in there, but, like... The bedroom was really the only room of his, his only actual space. Yeah, it wasn't really wasn't much to see. He said he's been there five months. And it doesn't feel like he plans to be there very long, according to her, because he just hasn't put down roots anywhere. In Nashville, specifically. Yeah, I don't totally know what to to make of this. I mean, what, what is your perspective on his i guess life trajectory and how he's kind of organized things of late i just i don't think it looks great like there's nothing wrong with staying with your friend for a few months until you get settled or whatever but on this show it's like i don't know it seems suspect especially since he joined the show so quickly after going down to Nashville. So it kind of looks like he just moved down there just so he could get on the show because it was a Nashville season. So I don't know. It looks a little suspect. Like she pointed out 
you won't sign a lease, but you'll sign you'll get, a marriage yeah, you, certificate. Yeah, you won't. You won't. You won't commit to to an apartment lease. Yeah, but, but, but you jumped into marriage. Uh-huh. Yeah, the the optics are not great. I I do agree with that. I uh, I feel like I I would look upon it a bit less critically if it wasn't on the show. Mm-hmm. But it's still maybe a, a bit strange, given that I mean he's is he almost forty two. Or is he 35? I think mid 30s. Yeah, I think he's maybe only 35 because she's really young at like 24. Yeah, so maybe 34. Like, I thought there I was like nine. like nine years between them. Yeah, that that makes sense. So it may, I guess that sort of thing gets weirder to me the like the older you are until you yeah. reach a certain point and then it's like, oh, whatever. I mean, was he looking for apartments? Like, that's the sort of thing like we didn't see or hear him talk about. It didn't, so, it didn't really seem like it. So it's like, what is his plan? I guess mm-hmm. maybe just to find a place after the experiment. Correct. I mean, that's what that was his argument was that. Well, I like I want to, you know, find you know I don't want to be like tied down to to a place and then like do the show we want to find find a place after with with his wife which fell a bit flat there yeah she wants someone more established mm-hmm. which also I, f- I felt like a good point that she made as well was it leaves her with very little to go on in terms of understanding him and how he actually is and lives and everything. Yeah. Because it's just the one room and like the only personal items he had was like some pictures of his family on the wall. And that's like it. I'm sure he like he didn't that bed isn't his like nothing. No, like where is his stuff right now? I guess he just doesn't have any stuff. Because if you remember she was talking about um so he's from michigan right because mm-hmm. his very angry terrifying mom wanted him to <laughs> you know wanted them to move back so he was in michigan and then i guess he went to florida briefly or not necessarily briefly but for a fairly short amount of time and then like went from there to nashville so he's been oh, i missed the florida part he's been floating around you know, are flying around, and that's kind of concerning because she does want to stay in Nashville. Yeah, and it sounds like his family wants him to move back to Michigan. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's not a lot that's positive going for her at this point. Yeah, as she said, when they were in his room or in that common area, she's like, just like, eh. <laughs> In the previous, yeah, uh, previews for next week don't look better either for them. No, but can you just to take in all the information about your spouse's like life and living situation and their trajectory and 
uh, to have the reaction be, eh. <laughs> that's 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 a rough. That's one. brutal. <laughs> that's a that's a real, real rough run, rough one because, I mean the the, the, appearance, of lack of initiative is very concerning to her. Yeah, I feel like we barely heard anything about his job either. Right, we don't know. I mean, we keep seeing um, the title entrepreneur, but that could be literally anything. Yeah. You know, so... Hopefully he's making money. uh, Hopefully, because that's part of the whole... just issue, I guess, is that she requested an older man because she wanted somebody established and like put together mm-hmm. and probably making a lot of money <laughs> and <laughs> you know somebody who can support all of the giant electricity bills from her you know catfish freezers, somebody who can afford a house that's large enough for all her catfish freezers. <laughs> I forgot about those. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, to be fair, I think it's only one catfish freezer with 300 pounds of catfish. But uh, yeah, it's just the, the, <laughs> the experts got the age she wanted, but they didn't get the rest of it. Yeah, I don't understand how Max's living situation basically didn't disqualify him from the process. Wow. Because I don't think we've seen very many situations like this before. But yeah, that was that was all we saw for them. Yeah, man, it's it's just it's disappointing to be at this point in the season i mean what we're only like six episodes in this there's a lot left of this season and already it just it feels very depressing the odds i mean yeah it feels like the train has derailed for a lot of these people Mm Hmm. like so to to end out this episode uh do you think at this point that any of these couples are going to make it to decision day because i i only i only would give a yes to one i would just say chris and nicole yeah that's i mean at this point and it's so sad to sit here and say that I mean, we're we're not what we're being shown. That's I don't I don't know of any other conclusion really, unless attraction levels change real quick. I think that's where we're at. Yeah, we're in a real pickle for the survival of of these couples. It does not look good. They really they're gonna need some serious expert time. I think they're arriving next week, but it might be too little, too late. That's why, like, why, why, why? These people uh, need the experts the day after they're married. Right, exactly. So that's, <laughs> that's what I was going to say is, is why, why not have 
the day of the marriages, then the next day be like a pre-honeymoon all day sort of thing where the couples are meeting with the different experts and setting some sort of, you know, foundation tools. Yeah, do that emotional, instead of... Emotional awareness and then from there throw everybody into the honeymoon. Do that instead of meeting with the families. Right. I feel I feel like that would be such a much better use of of some time. Again, even if it's one day, that could theoretically have some major benefits. Now maybe it wouldn't change a thing. Maybe everyone would still flame out. But you'd like to think we could start on a slightly better foot and give these couples some, you know, fighting chance. <laughs> yeah, let's quickly touch on a couple of yes, couples uh, from last look, season. Look, I was not going to let you not talk about this. So Stasha was on After Party, and Keisha asked her, like, what happened with Nate? And she said... The demise of their marriage was maturity levels and mixed signals. Are we at all surprised? No. (laughs) I mean, I was hoping that Nate would like... Step it up? Yes. But unfortunately, it looks like that didn't happen. And so she is apparently writing a book, freezing her eggs, and starting a sex toy line. Wow. What a (laughs) (laughs) go-getter. I mean, I typically only have time to do one or two things at once. So if I was busy freezing my eggs, I don't know if I would have the time. Man, that is a hard process. You have to inject yourself with so much stuff. Yeah, Painful, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lots of fun, huge hormonal shifts based on all the stuff you're getting injected into you. Oh, yeah. And then also Lindy and McGill released a statement to people.com that they are getting divorced. Mm. So it sounds like McGill maybe wasn't quite as committed as she was. That's what's being implied at least. And so last season is over five mm. as were the last two seasons before that. Oh, wow. So this is three straight. Yeah, basically. I mean, there was one marriage that was from season 14 i guess but they just recently announced their divorce that was elijah Wan and katina oh boy man it's rough out there look i don't think we have ever claimed that getting married at first sight is easy nope it is difficult it is arduous and it is it is a lot to manage and handle and sustain long term. My final question to you, Christy. Do you think that and this is giving you an opportunity to have a hot take if you have one? But do you think that there has been a shift at all in the show's focus from a 
planning and experts perspective that has kind of derailed the relational aspect in a lot of ways and the i guess some of the attention to the precise matching in favor of the reality tv aspect of it uh yeah i mean these matches i feel like past few seasons pete the fans can look at them and be like that doesn't make sense like you paired somebody who loves dogs with someone who's just kind of eh about them or someone who wants kids and someone who doesn't I think mm-hmm. they're just a lot of these matches are paired for drama. And I also heard that producers are really the ones mainly sort of partially in charge of the matches and not the actual oh, experts. Oh, wow. They're, they're, they have, the experts have ceded control. I mean, I don't know if they ever completely had control, but that's what that's what I've heard rumors of. So, Huh. I, I guess I'm not particularly surprised by that. Uh, but final question for you do you think that the show either from an an enjoyability standpoint a just interest in watching do you think those sorts of things are affected in a negative direction by by this shift um, I feel like you need at least one couple a season that makes it. Otherwise, mm-hmm. the whole thing just kind of seems like a farce. Mm-hmm. So they need to dial it back a little bit and make sure you get at least one or two solid matches, and then the other three can be train wrecks if you want. But at least keep up the pretense. Yeah. I, I mean, we have had this issue on the bachelor side as well to some degree where i lost to some degree to the full degree mm-hmm. where the the illusion of seeking love for a lot of people is very dead at this point mm-hmm. and some people don't care some people do i mean personally i kind of like there to be a little bit of a plausible chance in my mind that this could be slightly true so uh thank you for your perspective on that because we're in a dark dark time for married at first sight couples (laughs) (laughs) we sure are Mm -hmm. so hold on to your britches hopefully these couples will find a way towards the light and yeses on decision day and a bright future together but recent history suggests that perhaps we are just getting started in the terrible darkness <laughs>